Welcome to the Start Your Journey podcast, helping Atlantic Canadian student-athletes navigate the NCAA recruiting process. Each episode, you can eavesdrop on conversations with NCAA student-athletes, past and present, coaches, parents, and learn about the latest tools to boost your chances of getting discovered. Here's your host, former pro hockey player, digital marketing entrepreneur, and green smoothie drinker, Chris Nadeau. But before we get started, here are our friends, Pearl Jam. This is episode two with one of the best tennis players to come out of Halifax, Nova Scotia, Luke Saunders. Joseph Campbell said, if you're going to have a story, have a big story or none at all. And boy, oh boy, does Luke Saunders have a big story to share. And I am so pumped and excited that he's on the podcast today. If you don't know who he is, Luke played four years of college tennis at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga on a full scholarship. Growing up in Halifax, he started in various sports until the age of 13 when he started to focus solely on tennis. Training led him all over the place, from Chris Everett's Academy in Florida, Ace Academy in Burlington, Ontario, and Bob Brett Tennis Academy in Italy. What we talk about today is why you should be excited about promoting yourself and the grinding mentality. This mentality is what Luke has cultivated since a child, and he breaks down all this information in this episode. Without further ado... Mockingbird alumni, Luke Saunders. Luke. Chris. All right, man. Cool, brother. All right, well, here we go. So first question, what's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? See, the thing is with me is that I'm a, um, I'm a regular. Like, I, I enjoy knowing what I'm getting into when I'm getting into it. So I do visit Phil's Fish on Quimple frequently oh yeah yeah phil's fish on quimple is a great little stop and i get a uh, large haddock dinner side fry like nice often. yeah way too often yeah. and then there's some good deals around like i'll go to sushi uh, no wasabi host on quimple uh yeah. happy hour i know my buddy josh jabinka does as well yeah. because it's like you can get they'll give you free rolls and you get it's like 13 bucks for three rolls you know, or three, you know, whatever you order, you get just this crazy amount of sushi. So there's some good food in Halifax. Oh, definitely. So it's, uh, I, I assume you wouldn't do the fish and chips before a big match eh, in, uh, in the NS Open. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know what I would eat before an NS Open big match. Like usually they're in the mornings, right? So you're just trying to shut yeah. some oatmeal down or something. But it's just nice. The NS Open comes like such a quick flash. You never really... You're never really fully prepped, I find. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. I'll have to check those restaurants out next time we're in Halifax. Dude, Phil's, Phil's Fish is the place to be. Yeah. It, quick, quick service. I'm always there. I love it. Awesome. So, uh, you, what's, what's there in St. John? Didn't you own a salad place or something? or like a? Uh, no. I, uh, I, as you, I'm a big smoothie? greens guy, so yeah. I do love my greens. No, I always thought I wanted to own a smoothie joint, actually, but I never got around to it. But uh, 
if I'm visiting Halifax, actually, um, I know with, uh, with the kids and we're running around to events, we always hit up Pete's Fruitique just to get something quick and healthy, right? So uh, a salad there with a nice green goddess dressing goes down nice, right, at lunchtime or uh, a nice green smoothie or, you know, just yeah, you make my own green stuff. machine there or something, I think it's called or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, there's yeah, a good smoothie what... bar. There's one downtown Halifax and one in Bedford, so it kind of covers both areas you'd be playing at. Yeah. So, yeah, for fancy stuff, or not even fancy stuff, but I'm definitely going to check out the fish place and the sushi joint there that you just recommended. You, well, it's not even fancy. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm a deal guy, you know? And, I, <laughs> and even with my fitness, I find I just go to the same thing. Like, I like uh, moksha yoga just because yeah. it's the same routine. They do the same thing every time, and I like knowing what I'm getting into. So I've just been a member of the downtown location, actually across the street from Pete's for – for six months now and i don't think i'll stop just because i know i know where what what i'm getting into so you're a routine guy we'll probably get into something like that a little bit later for sure eh? fitness effects on quimple's good too and so i'll get some like if i'm in a hurry i'll just get like a quick shake there because like their shakes are pretty good and yeah i'm through there awesome yeah so um so now uh we got your food down and your diet um what about, so as uh, everybody on the call here knows that uh, you were a former NCAA tennis player yeah. and uh, now you're coaching tennis. So tell us, a little, yeah, tell us a little bit, well, not that long ago, but 20, tell us a little bit of how you got to where you are right now. 2016, I think I graduated yeah. and um, it was just, a, it was just a life of sport. Like my parents played sports. And they yeah. got me involved in it. My brother played hockey at a high level. He played hockey at Upper Canada College. Mm-hmm. So I, I followed his footsteps in hockey for a while until I was 13. And uh, just sort of played a lot of sports before then as well. Basketball, tennis, baseball. Mixed it in with some soccer and curling. And, and then once I started turning 13, you know, I was a goalie in hockey and I think a goalie is a pretty independent position and you know, although you're on the team, like it's still up to you to save the puck. And like, if it goes by you that day or you had a bad day, you know, I just thought it's the ownership's on you to play well, but the outcome of the game still wasn't like, it wasn't an individual sport, which Mm -hmm. tennis was. So I gravitated towards tennis. I started liking tennis a little bit more. And I, and I liked that it was sort of my own thing. Like not many people in Atlanta, Canada play tennis. And not many people are from Atlanta, Canada and start it and continue on with it. So I said, you know, this is sort of groovy. Like I can play, I can play tennis. And I did. I, I, I started just solely focusing on that. I remember I was in um, Bob Rett's Tennis Academy in Italy. And I was just sort of, there like I was about 13 and when I was there and there were a lot of kids you know working hard kind of motivated me to say you know I think I want to do this sort of full-time and just sort of zone in on it so then with that just comes the training right like you just start working hard and you start looking at what else is out there and what's around and I started playing with the kids around town and through that sort of met some great coaches and Roger Keating, who's the executive director of tennis Nova Scotia now and uh, worked out at the courtyard a lot with Glenn Faltenhein, who's still a business, small business owner in Halifax fitness freak. And uh, he actually ran the club, the courtyard. 
so I was just just training away and then I started wanting just more and looked at academies outside of it so I got involved in Ace Academy up in Burlington because me and my dad were there for nationals and Mm -hmm. uh, Pierre LaMarche was around at that nationals and sort of sold us on on Burlington as a location and I moved up there for a year with my mom my mom was able to relocate her work she works for CBC and called CBC and asked and said do you mind if if we move up with my son he's looking at pursuing tennis as a career and CBC went for it so it all worked out she would travel in from Burlington every day and I would train during the mornings and go to a public high school uh, there in Burlington and and trained and then you know, through that just came more experience and I played more tournaments and I was just learning about myself and I moved back here, trained here with Ted Mastella. Uh, the courtyard shut down actually when I was at Ace Academy. So I started training with Ted at, at, uh, with Head Start and, you know, I was out of Northcliffe because it was the only show in town. So I did that for two years and I went to a private school here in Halifax and you know, it was just, you're always bouncing around. You're trying to find new ideas to train and you're trying to find ways to train. Like for me in Halifax at the time, it was just trying to find a place that had a court and, um, you know, Head Start was obviously the provider and, and Ted was great with me. So we were yeah. working out there. And then la- then the last piece of the puzzle was I went back to Ace. And when I went back to Ace in my grade 12 year, it was the sole focus just to get the scholarship and just sign yeah. and just figure it yeah. out. Right. So I spent a solid semester of just studying and, and emailing coaches and just, just awesome. email, emailing them profusely. And like I made cover letters and I made, I made two videos. One wasn't the best video. The other one was okay. And I just pushed the content. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself when I was in it, I was like this experience for myself sorry, this experience is just good life experience. Like I've got to, I've got to push my own brand to these college coaches and I don't care what they think of my rankings or what they think of, you know, my playing style or whatever. Like I need to sell each coach that I'm the best thing for their program. Even if the school was out of my range, like you just got to go for it. And um it worked like I, I would email 100 schools and i'd get 10 responses back yeah. and i just kept doing that there's so many schools in the states that if you email these coaches especially personally they're going to open it up unless they're in you know like a top 100 ranked school and they get too many of them but you know if you if you really put yourself out there and market yourself properly you've got a chance and and i did i went on four visits and uh, I went to University of Tennessee at Chattanooga on a visit. I went to University of North Carolina on a visit uh, at Greensboro. I went yeah. to East Carolina University on a visit. And then I went to Alabama at Birmingham on a visit. And, you know, even those experiences were great because you get to see a different part of the world paid for. Like your, your flights are paid for. You get to stay in some good hospitality. You get to see what it is, the campus life and yeah, it was just all good, you know, and ended up signing. What a journey. And I loved you touched on a couple of things there that I'd like you to dig a little deeper on actually is the first one you said you started when you were 13 and uh, we're playing a lot of sports. So I'm just curious uh, 
how long did you do the multi-sport thing? Because I know even now you like to play a bunch of different sports still. So I'm just curious how, how long you did that before you or if you only focused on tennis. The other one you touched on, and especially as a, a tennis player from Atlanta, Canada, parents are very important. I mean, parents are important in all kids' lives, but tennis is a little trickier, so you do have to move around, so it's important to have that support. So I'm curious to hear how your parental support, support helped you there. And the other thing is you hit the nail on the head about promoting, especially from Atlanta, Canada. Again, yeah. we're kind of up in the middle of nowhere here coaches can't find us or see us so yeah. I, I'd like to hear how important that is too as well yeah you know yeah. just to start with the outreach thing like I know I know it seems like you're in the middle of nowhere but everybody's got to do the same stuff to get the to get the money which is the scholarship right like they yeah. still have got to convince the guy at the other end of the line that you're the reason their team can get better and yeah. if you convince one coach of that then that coach is going to tell another coaching buddy that he's got this solid guy up in camp down and he's a hard worker and he's a good athlete and then that coaching buddy's going to tell one of his contacts and then all of a sudden your stock's going to rise right it's no different than the business world like if you want to sell something you've got to you've got to reach out and say why why you're worth the money right and and i don't think people do it aggressively enough because it's a hard thing to do like especially when you're a kid it's 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 you might have more of a tendency to be shy but it's just such a good experience just to say, look, like I want to come down and this is why I think I'm a fit for your program. Like some of the, one of the best pieces of advice I ever received. And I didn't know it at the time, but now that I look back, like it was a good piece of advice is when I played, it was like in 2007 or 2008, I played the New Brunswick open final against a guy named Adrian Bohane Mm -hmm. and Adrian Bohane played at Ohio state. And he played like one for them. He killed me in the finals. But after the match, he looked at me and he was just like, Luke, like, look, you can go and play college tennis. Like, that's no problem. The question is where you want to do it. And he's like, why don't you just go and bite the bullet and go to one of these big schools and just just go to the coach and just say you want to play. And I was like, I, it didn't make any sense to me because in my, in my mind and my whole life, I was like, I want to get the scholarship. But what he was saying is just trust your abilities, trust your work ethic and go down there and go to school, you're going to get educated, invest in your future, and then go to the tennis coach and tell them why you're badass. Like, just be like, look, I work harder or I'm fit enough or like, I, you know, just, just go and work because at the end of it, you know, they're looking for people to increase team morale. They're looking for people to, you know, obviously play good ball, but you know, if you go down there and you're athletic enough, you can learn how to play ball. So I just think that was a good piece of advice that I received. And I, I was just sort of too young to know, you know, it's not all about the scholarship. It, it, it also could be you go down, you just like, you can apply for any American university, nothing's stopping you from going and just applying, right? Yes. There's drawbacks. You're an international student. The fees are more, you know, the coaches don't know you, but you can go and apply. And then that's an added tool in your conversation. When you talk to these coaches and you say, look, I've already applied to your school. The academic, or sorry, the, the uh, registrar's office know who I am. You know, I'm really interested in this program. If you go there, go to them with specific information about their university, it's going to charm them even more to bring you on their team. And I just think the forward steps and the forward progress is sort of lacking in some of these, some of these uh, 
kids when they're on their journey to find it because they're so obsessed with the scholarship and they're so obsessed with the name. Yeah. You know, like for a while there, I was just obsessed with getting into a top 100 ranked school. I just wanted to get into a ranked school. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Kendrick Brown, or sorry, Kendrick Au of uh, Newfoundland, who, you know, went to school before I did, but went to Brown University and they weren't ranked. Yeah. He went to an Ivy League school, you know, and th- that school wasn't ranked, but, you know, he still went, right? And I was just, I think I kind of got caught up in that. I, I did do some things well, but, you know, the, the coaches are still looking for you. That's great advice on the yeah. whole uh, making the buying decision, basically. Like you said, it, it, you're promoting yourself. And you got to make the buying decision for that coach as easy as possible. So complete as many steps as possible prior to that and just make it an easy to, easier decision for them, right? You know, I think, I think that the coaches are people too. And, you know, there, there is a lot of respect given to the UTR rankings. And there's a lot of given, given respect to the national rankings. And there's a lot of given respect to your results in ITFs. And all that is good stuff. But there are coaches out there that if you're ex- – good sized athletic kid with a good head on your shoulders they know that's valuable to them in your junior and senior year and you might not see the money up front but they might guarantee you the money you know a couple years down the line or you know they might not have the scholarship money your freshman year because of how many seniors they have on the team but you know you're, you're looking for coaches that you can trust with your future right so you've got to be a judge of them too like it's it's got to be a fit for everyone it it can't just be okay you know am I good enough to get on this team it has to be is this coach going to help me you know moving forward in my life and I think some of them are and obviously you never know some of them aren't awesome so yeah that's that's great stuff I I totally forgot uh, we were talking about two other things too but I think that was important just to get out because you just got to be aggressive with the marketing for it. Like big, how big good is your video? There's no reason why you can't make a great video. Thomas Wallace from Halifax, his video is really good. He's got awesome. a good, well shot yeah. video um, from, from a professionally done or a professional who did it. I think it was, mm-hmm. you know, he had a connection to the family, but you know, there's no reason why you can't contract somebody to make a solid video for you and just pick the good highlights from that day or, you know, yeah. do it a couple times and just, until you treat like, you know, and then talk about that. And when you're on the phone with these coaches. Yeah. So the other things we talked about were uh, the multi-sport. So I know you've played a big pickleball tournament here, but I'm curious yeah. how long did you, how long <laughs> were you uh, into multi-sports? Yeah. yeah. How long were you into multi-sports as a kid? Like before you decided, yeah. well, this is my thing. Yeah. 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 It's a weird, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a crazy crazy vibe with me and, and curling specifically yeah. just because it's always been there and it's probably always been something that I should have been more focused on than what I am like this year I'm not curling but um when I was in my senior year or maybe yeah I was a senior year I uh of high school I got asked to play on a really good junior team and we did mm-hmm. well we did so well that they, we qualified for nationals. His name's Stuart Thompson, and okay. uh, he's a good curler. And so the nationals, of course, were in April in Fort McMurray, Alberta, and I signed to go to Chattanooga in January or whatever, right? So I had to go down to Chattanooga after after curling for a semester and just tell my college coach, like, look, I got to go. I got to go up to Canada and curl. I'm sorry. Like, we, I can't, I can't, I can't play. I can't, you know, I, I can't play for 10 days or whatever and 
the coach, his name was Carlos Garcia, my college coach, and he was just looking at me like I had four heads. <laughs> just like, what are you doing? Like, I, you know, because he was paying me to be there, and I said <laughs> I had to go. So, I mean, yeah, I think, I think, I think it's good. I think multi sports great. I think it helps athleticism. I think a good. I I, I would like to actually hear about. I, I would like to hear from, you know, people in the sports science profession, who understand athletics much more than I do about mm-hmm. why it's important to play more than just one sport as a youth, because they obviously believe in it. So, it, you know, it has to build up athletic ability, right? So. Yeah, I think but, it gives you that. And I also think, and, but you're right, they're the experts in it, but I think it also gives you a break from that other sport that maybe you're really driving for, right? To get to that higher level, like a time away from it, doing something else is always good as well. Yeah. There's just the so many one, people oh. so focused on it, you know? You oh, know, yeah. Chris, like, there's just so many players out there that are just devoting their lives to tennis and just there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of techniques to learn and there's a lot of movements to learn and there's a lot of angles to see and there's a lot of vision that can be created on the court and that it does get difficult if you're not, if you're not you know, zoned in. But yeah. I can't say that for sure. Like I said, like – I think there's studies out there that'll tell you what great, you know, athleticism you can build, especially as a youth, if you play multiple sports. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So the other thing you touched on was uh, parental support. And I'm just curious, how were your parents, uh, how was their role? uh, How did it impact to where Luke, uh, you know, how you made out with your tennis and where you're at today? Yeah. I mean, obviously my dad's a great role model, Scott. And Scott Saunders, he's just one of those guys that, you know, he speaks more with his actions than his words. But um, my mom, uh, Colleen, Colleen Jones, just obviously was there through thick and thin with it all. But I think the reality is no matter who you have as, you know, your parental support, the motivation still has to come from you as an individual to do what you want to do with what you want in your life. Right. Like as supportive as they were, you know, they weren't. They weren't the ones online finding every coach's email that I possibly could, that I knew could, that could fit for me and then putting into an Excel sheet so I can draft a cover letter and like send it to them. And then, you know, like little things in the cover letter you wouldn't even think of, but it was like, Hey, you know, my name's Luke Saunders. I really want to be a mockingbird because the Chattanooga mocks. They're like, you know what I mean? Just little things like, like that. Right. So they weren't the ones doing it. And, and the reason why they're not the ones doing it is because if you really want it, you're going to do it yourself and you're going to push yourself to do it. You can't, you can't expect your parents to, you know, promote you as a college athlete. It has to come from you, but as an, as an athlete and as, you know, a competitor, I think, you know, all praise be to my mom. Like she just, she just forced me to be hungry as much as I could. You know, I still, I still struggle with just, the inner fight every time you play a match but I think now it's maybe moved on to more in a professional setting like you know just working hard every day and mm-hmm. just researching as you should and making sure you know you're just doing the little things right on a day-to-day basis so you get the best of you each day as as, as just as a worker right which has been incredibly yeah. beneficial but I uh like I said just praise be to my mom but 
for any any college player out there, if you want to do it, it's got to come from you and obviously Nadeau Sports Recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, great advice there, actually, though. But the par- your parents, both of them sounds like they were supportive and they gave you kind of the tools with that support to give you the belief that, hey, Luke, you can do anything you want to do. Just go and do it, right, buddy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. more, more, more than that. You know, they didn't, they didn't want me to be undersold, which is why I think the recruiting process is so valuable for kids. Like, yeah. you've got to, you've got to be confident enough in yourself to say, I can, I can do this for your school, and then you got to reach out to these schools and say that, yeah. say it to them. You know, so it takes a lot of self work, right? Yeah. So we kind of touched on a little bit, a lot of kids or athletes, sorry, um, young athletes in Atlanta, Canada. And I feel, and this is the biggest reason why I started this business is that even when I was younger and that's way back, way longer than you, Luke, but uh, I felt there were so many great athletes that were from Atlanta, Canada in whatever sport that just kind of fell off the rails or just lost the drive or just didn't seem to have that kind of, awareness of like what else is out there to maybe keep chasing your dream and I want to bring that to athletes now in in Atlanta Canada today and let them see the options out there that maybe will motivate them to pursue so yeah you know it was it was uh it was Justin McDonough and Travis McDonough who always would look at me and just be like look you know options are a good thing you know, yeah. and al- although you're, you're, you know, you're sort of thinking of what you want to do as a person, it's great to have options and it's great to just sort of look at things as a whole and just be like, okay, what do I want to do here? Because, you know, every, every kid who graduates high school and has a good GPA and in, in, in Atlanta, Canada is going to have an option to go into Acadia or St. FX or, yeah. you know, Dow, but do you want to do something different? do you think it's beneficial to you that on your resume, you're a college athletes in the States and will it be a talking point when you finish tennis and you finish hockey or you finish soccer and you want to go on to the business world? Do you think it's going to help you start a conversation with somebody that's up to you to decide, but it, it's also in your right to, to go and, and try and see what's out there. Right. And, and I think that people stop because they don't realize how you, how easy it is just to mm-hmm. just to reach out and i'm not even talking about reaching out to the coaches like i said reach out to the schools reach out to the yeah. universities reach out to the organizations involved and just get yourself involved you know mm-hmm. start simple start with an application to the university start with an application you know talk to the internationals international admissions office or international student affairs office at that school every school has one because every school usually takes international students Right. And then that's a great touch because you have to anyway, the, the, your college coach, if you get there is going to force you to talk to the international affairs office. Right. So just little things like that. If you're interested, you just got to, you got to make these calls and you just got to get active. And then you got to realize that it's a really, really, really good investment for your future. Like you're getting an education at the end of it. So no one's going to second guess you. If you need a reference letter, if you need somebody to call, if I can call for you, ask me if, you know, obviously Chris, like if you can represent them, ask Chris, no one's going to have a problem helping you out because it's for your education. You know, there's student loans, government's involved. People want you to do it. It's not just, you know, it's your life, right? So you may as well see what's out there. And I think that's why people stop. They just don't, 
they don't know, you know, how to get, how to get involved. Yeah. The options too. Like that's the other thing I, I, as I was going through the research for my guy, the last year and a half, I was amazed at how many schools, like, I think everyone thinks, Oh, uh, I'm going to go down South to school. I got to go to Harvard or UCLA or something, but there's like loads of division one teams, tons of division two and D three teams and AIA. Like there are so many options to continue on with your sport and get an education that it's unbelievable. Right. Did you, did you yeah. find in hockey since, since they not take the kids away, but like, you know, a lot of high schoolers go play in the queue, you know, is it harder for hockey players to make sure they have sort of education place that they can get into these schools or, or do you think it's just easier for them to play, you know, Canadian hockey or like what were some of the differences you saw you have seen? Um, I think um, so because we live in the Maritimes, we have the Quebec League already here. So that's what all the kids see growing up and college schools or down south is kind of a secondary or not even a, you know, a secondary option. And they just think QQQ, right? Yeah. And that's great. The Q has been great here because what happens if you make a Q team and you get drafted pretty high and you're there for a while, you can get some some money from that Q team to put towards your college when you go play uh, Canadian, if you decide to go play Canadian university or not play hockey and just go to school afterwards. Right. Yeah. So that's all good. But I do still think that they're not aware. And, you know, if you do get involved with some Q teams, there's a lot of rules there that if you play for so many hours or you're there at a camp that then that kind of ruins some of your eligibility for NCAA. Right. Um, so it's really confusing. So I think a lot of people are kind of like, ah, forget it. We're not going to pay you to go down south anyway. But uh, so the other thing is, is it is trickier because a lot of kids coming out of high school wouldn't be ready quite yet for a D1 school in hockey, right? They might not be strong enough or have the skill set. So they usually go play junior somewhere in Ontario or down in the U.S., okay? Right, right. And that kind of prolongs it. It Yeah, yeah. so – but I also think if the hockey players around here started – doing what you were recommending even for tennis players is like start promoting themselves when they're in grade 11 or 12 to these coaches, they then create the dialogue and the conversation. And then maybe it opens up a whole another can of options for them to maybe look at uh, for their hockey career and education. Right. So I, I think there's an awareness thing that needs to happen for hockey players around here, but I also think there's like the promotion thing that they're not doing right now too. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think, I think what you're saying about junior hockey and how it does sort of take some time and then it's easy to get sort of thrown, thrown off with that is reasonable. Like the, a buddy I have, uh, Brennan Saunier, he played down at university of Alabama Huntsville for hockey. And I know Mm -hmm. it took him some time playing junior A in Fort McMurray before he found that right school. Right. So these things they do take, I I think, I think you're right. I think they take some time in, in the hockey field for sure. Yeah, a lot of athletes coming out of high school are ready to jump into their sport at in college, right? So where hockey is a little different and can be delayed a little bit, uh, depending on how good you are, I guess, and how your skills are, your marks or whatever, right? Yeah, and and, and did you find were there are there any kind of correspondent or not correspondence, but connections that you've made sort of with with hockey and sports in general to now, you know, sort of your relationship with with, with marketing and your you know you own a small business and you know, just being a business owner in general, like are there some sort of corresponding skills you've been able to take over? Um, Well, I think just uh, you hit a lot of it, actually, Luke, earlier. I've learned over the years that, and similar to you, only I didn't have email and the internet when I was uh, younger, is that (laughs) I had the right letters. (laughs) I had the right letters and uh, 
pick up the phone and call all the general managers. And at the time, I had to do that in the uh, for the Ontario Hockey League because the queue wasn't uh, in the Maritimes at the time. Yeah. So I picked up the phone, called, and then all my buddies were getting drafted. I wasn't, but I was determined that I wanted to get a tryout somewhere, and I got one. Walked on, like you said, no one was really caring, and I actually made the team, right? right. So, um, I, yeah, so the network that I've created over the years through hockey and business, I think is it's a it's a, a network that spreads beyond even the complete contacts that I know right now. But I, I know people who know people, right? Just like as your network grows over time, that you can easily get access to people that I think is, a, you know, healthy for any type of uh, – communication or transactions that you might be having and and do you see sort of any general you know sort of marketing roadblocks that some of these high schoolers face when when reaching out to college coaches or you know you know the videos that you see sort of being shot like do you see any any you know outstanding problems that people could be doing better you know um i i think the biggest thing that i see is one that they're not doing it like yeah you have the top kids the top kids in the sports doing it like you touched on thomas wallace who's one of the top atlantic junior tennis players right now in his age category so he kind of probably thinks he should and he should be doing but there are kids that maybe are like that tier below thomas or even another tier that should be doing it as well like there's so many opportunities out there that i think just people think they don't shouldn't do it because they're not number one ranked in whatever they're doing right so um And I also think that uh, there could be some time spent on finding schools that are a good fit for you. So do you want to be only in the Northeast? Do you, do you want to, does it matter where you live? How how big's the school? Uh, Do you want it to be urban or do you want it to be, you know, a rural type school or, you know, what, what majors do you want to take in? Uh, What are your SAT marks? Right. So there's so many matching and fitting things that you could do prior and then reach out to those schools uh, and and talk to the coaches and talk to like the register and the admissions like you talked to about as well earlier. Yeah. So, and the other thing is, I think you always as an athlete, especially if you're looking to, I think high schoolers sometimes get a you know a little bit kind of complacent. Um, right. But if if you're going to sell yourself, you got to make your product as good as possible. So that's like training on and off the court or ice or wherever it is, mental training, making yourself as well rounded as possible. So when you are promoting yourself, you have a very good product. Well, and, you know, I think why, why I'm such a fan of, you know, what you're doing, especially with Nadeau sports recruiting is that, you know, you come from a sports background and, and yes, you know, you have a passion for tennis, but most importantly, you, you, you do understand the marketing world. Like, I, I don't know how many times I've been approached by tennis coaches and they've said to me, like, you know, we should do this. We should mm-hmm. just help, you know, recruit young athletes to, to colleges in the States and, and, and my, my response to them is like, well, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm not a marketing major. Like I don't have, you know, the, the tools needed to represent these stud athletes properly where you do, you know, you have this experience that has lasted so long. It's, it's sort of an understandable jump from, you know, it's evolved, right? Evolved solutions. Evolving solutions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, evolving solutions to sports recruiting makes a lot of sense, and, and people should see it as an opportunity to, to further themselves. Just, just yeah, from that, what I can tell is, you know, seeing people who have wanted to do it. You know, yeah, that's exactly where I'm trying doing. to come through. Like, I'm not actually going to be a physical agent or recruiter per se. I'm basically 
taking the skills that I've learned over the years from playing sports and marketing and helping athletes promote themselves or market themselves better. So uh, in the end, like you said, it does come down to the athlete, but I'm there to help guide and give tools and provide communications to what they should be saying or when and stuff like that to, to help the process for them. Uh, And also working with coaches, like coaches are a great asset. So I'm not trying to replace coaches, but I do know coaches, may have a network, but that network could be small as far as where this player might want to go, but it could be a great network that could be included on your list, right? You want to have your coach, but the coaches are also busy coaching. So they can't be doing all this stuff. Like they have to, you know, do what they do well and, and, and help that player get better on, you know, on the field or on the ice or on the court. Right. So um, anyway, so yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Love it. Love it. And uh, having lots of fun with it and can't wait to help a ton of kids here in Atlanta, Canada. I love it, man. Yeah. Other than that, man, just I really appreciate you having me on, and, and I hope I hope uh, you know word gets out with what what we're trying to do here and what you're doing. And you know, I think I think I do want to do a quick plug though for um, a match I'm playing on Sunday. I don't know if you're able to make it, uh, yeah. But Gareth Dowdle and I are taking on um, Daniel Nestor and Frank Dancevich at the. Atlantic Tennis Center in uh, Bedford Commons here in Nova Scotia, and yeah. uh, that's happening Sunday Sunday morning. Um, I think around ten thirty. So if anybody can get out and, and and watch the match, please. I'm going to need more than all the support I can get. I will be there, and I will have a <laughs> sign for you and Gareth, and it's a chance for you guys to take down a living legend in Canada in doubles, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I think he retired though, right? Oh, he's, he's retired, but yeah. not that far off. Okay. We'll yeah. see. Hopefully I get yeah. him as a partner. Yeah. No, Maybe we'll definitely be there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. and do you have a question for the audience that's listening at all today or? A question for the audience? Yeah. Anything you'd like yeah, to I ask? I was supposed you... to come up with one. I think a good question is like, what athletes do you know outside of your sport that have gone down to the States? You yeah. Know, do you know of anybody not in tennis involved in college athletics right now and who are they because it's all a similar story right so you know you can base you can base some of your your journey off that as well no that's a great question and uh love to hear some of the answers actually there so um well listen thank you man for doing this really appreciate it It was a great conversation shared some awesome advice there for our listeners no chris and thank uh, you appreciate you're welcome awesome and we will see you on the tennis court Sunday against Daniel Nestor and Frank Danzwick. Awesome. I'll, I'll need <laughs> right. a lot of luck. <laughs> okay, man. Okay, now. Cheers again. There you have it, my friends. Luke Saunders, one of the best tennis players to come out of Atlantic Canada. The grinding mentality talking about playing for the mocks, the power of selling yourself to coaches, and so much more. I was blown away by this. His willingness to share, his willingness to reveal, his generosity, and I hope you appreciated his sincerity and his wisdom as much as I did. This was a real treat to be able to have this time with Luke. And really, just to pick his brain and tap into his heart. I think there's so much power in his energy and his presence. And we can all learn some incredible things from the way he found a way, the way he has continued to pursue dreams. So, if you enjoyed this, please share with your friends. Post it on Twitter, tag him on Facebook, LinkedIn, all those places. I want to make sure that he sees all of you who are enjoying this information. 
I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Again, share it with your friends. Let's share this message far and wide. What's the story that you're going to be writing moving forward? As always, you know it's time to go out there and get discovered. Oh yeah, one other thing. Thanks for listening to the Start Your Journey podcast. If you've made it this far, I'll take that you enjoyed the show. In return, I'd love if you would leave a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or Anchor. Subscribe while you're there, and I'll catch you for the next episode. Oh yeah, and if you are listening on the Anchor app, click the message button and leave me a voice message. Thanks again, and I really appreciate your feedback and support.